Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody? How's it going? It's uh, Monday, November the... Uh, I think it's the 8th or the 9th. Let me see. The 8th. The 8th. Uh, 2021, it's about 11.15 in the afternoon. Just got done out of going and doing an estimate. Or, you know, a job walk at a job I'm going to do uh, tomorrow or the following day. And, uh, yeah, you know, so let's get into this talk. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Eternals real quick. Uh, I got a brief moment to talk about that and get this podcast started up. And then I'm trying to finish off. Oh, there's a lot going on. I got to try to finish off JoJo's. Uh, the season four. I'm also watching Narcos. So I'm going to try to finish that off. I don't know if I'll finish off Narcos before you know, I get this podcast updated, but got some shit to talk about there. You know, also JoJo's. Plus, uh, Ghostbusters is coming up in a week or two. And, uh, you know, just a couple things here and there. Shaking loose entertainment wise. Uh, Hawkeye's also coming out pretty soon, so we're going to be talking all of that pretty soon. Uh, and then also, CU Space Cowboy dropped an album. That had really good. You know, and then just uh, talk a little bit about Filth, the Filth NC. Uh, but let's get into Eternals before we get into all the rest of that. Before, you know, those are for later episodes. But let's get into. Let's get into the Eternals official movie review, which I'll probably get posted up later today. Uh, and then also as well, follow me on TikTok or follow me on uh, Twitter. You know, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, yeah, so let's get let's hit it off. Eternals. Uh, I gotta say, I liked it. Um, I like all the Marvel movies. Marvel movies are pretty, you know pretty good, but this is the, probably the first movie that I kind of felt that it was actually visually kind of dark, not, not the sense of, like, oh, it was murderous, or, but it was just overall, like, it was just a dark movie, like, a lot of shadows, a lot of, not a lot of bright colors, which I was kind of wondering about. Like, it takes place in London at night, dark. The ship, dark. Uh, a little bit in space, dark. Um, this is probably, like, one of the more darker of the movies. I don't... So, I didn't understand that. I, I, like... I'm used to the big color, big, um... Bright colors, over the top... Explosions, which it was a little bit, but this one was mostly dark. I felt it was really like a gray scaled out of it, which is not my cup of tea. But I mean, overall, I did enjoy the movie. I mean, the movie, uh, the movie touches on a lot of different things. It's a, a hard opinion. The movie is actually really long, two and a half hours. Um, but the Eternals are a team of people that were sent to Earth to propagate human life to the point where they get intelligent enough to spawn a 
Celestial, and Celestial ends up destroying planets, and then the Celestials make more life, uh, creating more planets like Earth. However, the Eternals overall stop that. Spoiler alert. But let's get to the Eternals are a team of synthetic uh, synthesoids, as everybody likes the favorite synthesoid. Well, the uh, Deviants are also, the, the Deviants are more organic. They were sent to destroy life and evolve and eventually evolved out of control. And the Deviants, I, and actually the Deviants have a real good bone to pick. And I think, I don't think we're done with the Deviants, not by a long shot. Um not by launch at all. And and I think the Eternals are not done by launch at all either. Although they didn't really get any interactions with but I think they're gonna be more they're gonna be more so in space uh, than on Earth. They kinda took all the Eternals off of Earth eventually. But let's get into the movie. So Overall, I like the movie. I'd probably give it probably like uh, a 7. It's not as good as Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was a lot better. I think this is a solid 7. It's not the strongest outing, but I think it's a really good outing for a couple of reasons. Because there's, there's, as I kind of predicted, I didn't really predict. uh, But I think Galactus is going to end up coming out of, they're probably going to, uh, bring Galactus uh, for the next Eternals, if there's a part two, or however they use the Eternals, I think Galactus is coming, uh, which is, well, I think if you're a comic book fan, you're salivating, chomping at the bit for that motherfucker to come in, uh, the right version of him to come in, and, uh, you know, and for all intents and purposes, uh, I forget what they were calling the guy, Ashim, or Ashim, or whatever. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. The main celestial being, which they try to say he's the first, but I don't think so. I think he's one of the firsts. Um, before the six singularity, singularities that are the Infinity Stones. But, um, like I said, you're chomping at the bit, but overall the movie was good. But anyways, let me back this up. So, uh, th- it's not as good as Shang-Chi. Let's just put that out. I think Shang-Chi's a little bit better. Um, and it's kind of, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to tie in the Eternals to the rest of the squad. Uh, I think they're going to, in space, I think they're going to eventually cross paths with Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Star-Lord already defeated a Celestial. And he's already well aware of other Celestials out there. Uh, especially Nowhere. He's the head of a Severed Celestial. So that was, a, that was pretty obvious. That I think that that's how they're going to end up tying the Eternals into uh, the MCU overall is... Is in space. I think, I think they're probably going to confront Galactus, and I actually think that somehow they're going to bump into or 
you know, run run through or collide with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be more into the space. Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy. You're going to have your Eternals. I think Captain Marvel. They're going to be your space voyagers. And, you know, your other Avengers like Hulk, um, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, to a degree. Doctor Strange, Wanda, will be Black Panther, uh, Hawkeye will be your Earth Avengers. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, another mashup down the road. But, yeah, I think that's the tie-in there. I mean, they didn't ex- explicitly tie-in. They, these are all just starting points to the story. Shang-Chi, starting point. Uh, Eternals, starting point. You know... Uh, the other Spider-Man, uh, apart from home, another starting point. You know, these are these are starting points to what they're trying to get overall. Now the story hasn't been made clear yet where they're gonna go. You know, Loki, another starting point. Wandavision, another starting point. We don't know what's ultimately lurking out there. We got the multiverse, I think, coming down the pike. Uh, you got the Eternals clashing with the Celestials, you know, what if as well, kind of dappled in what could possibly go on. We don't know. We don't know Kang is out there. We don't know who the main, main villain is, but I think these are all starting points. Eventually, you're probably going to need another, uh, as is, you need about another three to four movies before even anything takes shape as to what's going to happen. But... Yeah, the Eternals. The Eternals. Are, I liked it. A lot of, a lot of comedy in it as well. Uh, I gotta say, the guy that stole the show for me was um, uh, the two dudes. Uh, and I don't want. I don't know their names. In the movie. Damn. I wish I would have. But homie and his cameraman. The, the cameraman. Hilarious. Uh, you know, and, and the homie, <laughs> I, you know, when I first seen him, I was like, okay, he's powerful, you know, he's shooting beams out of his hands, and whatnot, what have you, and, and then later on, about a quarter of the way into the movie, comes to find out he's been, he's like the leading director of Bollywood, which is, I think it's the Indian Hollywood. I think he's, I think they're Indian. I don't think they're Arab. I think they're more Indian flavored. They, they stole the show. They, they were like the funniest. And then to me, him and his cameraman, dude, uh, I, I want to see more of them. <laughs> and, I, and actually, I would, I would hope Marvel gives them a little spinoff, like a little series where they're just, where he's just following him around. Uh, doing stunts, and I don't get, but they were, they were funny, man, uh, you know, they were, they were funny, the hands down the funniest shit, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in the movie, there's a lot of, um, the, the betrayals and the, and the overall villainy of the movie wasn't as strong as, because it, to me, it seemed like the deviants had a point. But they ended up killing off the Deviants rather quickly. Um, but I don't think the Deviants are... They're far from done because they're, they're throughout the universe. 
And I think they probably set up an army to take on the Eternals in the long run. Or if the Eternals are probably going to try to take out a Celestial, I think the Deviants are going to be the Celestial's choice for uh, backup. You know, so... But, uh, yeah, the two Indian dudes, hilarious. Uh, the best shit in the movie. I don't know either of their names off the top of my head. Because I, I seen it last night, but I also seen it late. And also, this is one of the first times I've had to take, had, like, half of the movie or three-quarters of the movie. I was a little bit uncomfortable because I had to go to the bathroom. But I was holding it. And so, I, I would need to see it again. I'm probably not going to see it again in the theaters. But I'll probably see it again in, uh, when it comes out on Disney Plus so I can watch it in its entirety. And, uh not have to be so restrained to like, damn, I, I had to take a shit, or damn, you know. But that's for not, neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, the, the two Indian dudes stole the show. There's a lot, there's a lot going on in the movie. Um, and a lot that the MCU, I can see why this movie got rated really bad. Um, because the MCU is now pushing the boundaries on what, you know, what people want to see. And I think that ultimately, ultimately the Marvel is right in going in the direction they're going to go. But they had a, they had a love, they had a couple of things in there that we'll talk about. They had a sex scene, which, uh, I'm kind of curious as to if Icarus and, uh, Cersei had a kid or not. Obviously, Icarus was blowing her back out for thousands of years, so it's possible. Again, that's another possibility that I'm, I'm almost positive they had to have a kid at some point. That they kind of maybe either shielded or... But maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, but then, you know, maybe perhaps if they could drug into a multiverse, then maybe they did have a kid. So that's another... I think there's going to be a Young Avengers team set up somewhere. Uh, Steve Rogers, you know, Icarus and Cersei, you got Tony Stark and Pepper Potts kid, you got Hawkeye's kids, you got Wanda's and Vision's kids, you got, there's a lot of kids, uh, to make the, you know, the Young Avengers. Uh, so I, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting, but that's one thing, uh, Icarus and Cersei were, you know, they were fucking on in the movie, basically, they were fucking, well, they were, I mean, it wasn't, it, it didn't get any, uh, you didn't see any nudity or anything, but they were definitely fucking, uh, then you had, uh, I don't know the guy's name, he's also funny, and actually, he's been in a lot of movies lately, the black dude from Godzilla versus Kong, I can't think of his name, and he's in another movie, too, that I kind of can't think of off the top of my head, but he has a, uh, he kisses his husband, the movie, which I, you know, I, obviously those, those those scenes are tense in any movie because of nobody really wants to show gay people in big movies. But again, kudos for going there because uh, there's one thing gay people do very well is uh, start standing shit. And so Eternals is probably banking on the fact that overall they're probably going to latch onto that character and drive up sales going forward. So. You know, money-wise, I mean, that's just what it is. 
Um, but then again, again, like I said, kudos because nobody else is really doing shit out there that's pushing the boundaries. I like myself pushing the boundaries. I want to see. Yeah, that's kind of why I like the Hunger Games because I was like, yo, no way. And I didn't know this about the Hunger Games. I was like, no way were they just out there having kids killing kids on big motion picture movies. That's crazy. To me, that's just like, like, like no way. You know, out of all the other superhero movies, I can't think of any other one that's really stands out as really gay. Um, they just don't exist. Now we got we got your first big on-screen one. He's gay, and I think the girl Sprite is transgender. If I'm not mistaken, that she's probably they don't outright say she's transgender, but I think it's kind of implied. Uh, especially at the end where she wants to be human. She wants to be, you know, this and that and the other thing. Um, but she's also young. So I could see, and they gave her, her they, gave, they gave her mortality, actually. I don't know if she'll become immortal again. Or, but they were never really immortal to begin with. Uh, I they killed off Salman Hayek, which rest in peace, uh, Ajak, I think that was her name. I got a few people's names. It's Ajak, Icarus, Sprite, Cersei, Druig, Fro- Fro- I-, I can't think of the, I- it's like Frosto or, or Frista or something like that. Uh, I don't know the fast girl's name either. That's Druig is kind of like their kind of a thing. Uh, but she was fucking up Icarus for a minute there. But Icarus ultimately is uh, really powerful. So Icarus is kind of like he turns out to be an evil Superman. Uh, I didn't see his portrayal coming, but I, you know, I knew a betrayal was coming at some point. But it made it seem like Druig was going to be the one to betray everybody. And I thought actually it was him. He looked villainous for a full minute, but he turned out to be a good guy. Uh, But Icarus turned out to be the villain, and he ends up flying into the sun, which kind of is, you know, he flew flew too close to the sun. So I'm kind of wondering if he killed himself, which is another thing. I don't know. I don't know if he killed himself or he just threw himself into the sun. But I don't think he can die that way. Um... But actually, that's what the Phoenix was supposed to have done and didn't do. He kind of had her flying around in the, in the sky like a bird. That was kind of dumb. Um, but yeah, Icarus ends up flying to the sun. He can no longer... Because he tried killing off some of the other people. And he actually did. He killed off uh, Gilgamesh, the Asian dude. And I and Athena, Athena is Angelina Jolie. Uh... I'm I'm wondering if Angelina Jolie is going to be the strongest of the Eternals eventually. Now that Gilgamesh is gone, I think she can rage out. And I'm kind of wondering if that's, you know, her Spartan rage is what what I'm... uh, They had a hard time containing it. Now that it's uncontainable... I don't think she's going to turn into villain, but I wonder if they're going to unleash her to fight uh, people later on. That's kind of what I'm, like, she's going to be the Hulk going forward. You know what I mean? 
Um, or is she going to be like Hela going forward? It'd be interesting to see what, how they use uh, Athena going forward. Uh, but yeah, so I think they kind of they hit a couple of things there. I, and I know that was kind of about probably... I think overall, I can see how this movie was very off-putting to a lot of people because, I mean, it like... They, and then they also... Uh, I can't think of the girl that's, that goes really fast. She's gonna, probably going to take over Quicksilver's spot as the, the speedster on the team. But she also did sign language, so I can kind of see people getting. But the, I, but to me, the Eternals probably hit every minority uh, group out there. And Athena probably is also portrays the one of like an abused victim, possibly. Um, you know, a female abused victim. That's kind of what I kind of feel like. You know, having her memories erased kind of thing. Uh, they opted to not have her memories erased. And I kind of feel like that was like if, you know, when, you know, women are traumatized, they kind of like, when they go get therapy, everybody's like, well, just, you know, just erase it out of your head. Like, just forget about it, you know, let it go. She's not letting it go, which would lead me to believe that, that yeah, that she's portraying that kind of. So I can see how that's very off-putting to a lot of people, but I kind of feel like that's exactly what Marvel uh, is going for, they should go for, and, you know, then, then they have, like I said, you have a, you have another black superhero, there's not very many, um, you have Black Panther, and you have the new Cap, that's it. you have Shuri, you only have, there's only a few. They just added another one, and, and, and another genius one. So it'd be kind of fun to see him and um, Shuri kind of link up in the future, discuss tech. You know, all, you got also War Machine. Um, there's a couple, of, but they, they they added another one. I mean, they weren't going to leave out, you know, a black minority in the movie. Uh, they, they for sure have a, you know, he's also portrays... Uh, a gay black character, uh, and then you have a. I think you have your first trans character on screen, which again, like they were gonna go for it. They were gonna go. You know, they were gonna swing for the fence. I think they, they probably hit it off the fence uh, in all in all aspects. I only give it a seven because overall, I didn't think the the deviants really didn't have much of a factor of the movie. They were just kind of there. Um, and then I don't, and it was a little bit, like I said, it was a little dark for my taste, uh, especially when they were like in Mexico and then like, and when they were in London, like they could have like bright, brightened it up a little bit. And I'm just talking color, color wise, color scale. I felt it was a little dark all over the place, especially in space. Um, you know, and then, and then just, uh, I mean, they, there wasn't, to me, there wasn't, I think they could have used another character. Now, they did add in a couple of things, but I think they could have added, they could have used a cameo of Doctor Strange or one of the Guardians. I think they could have just used a little cameo. There probably would have been an eight and a half. But just to fix a couple of these, nah, there's no knock against the movie. Like I said, the movie's probably going to do phenomenal overall. 
especially going forward, that these are going to be characters that people latch onto. So, like I said, so you got you, you have you have I think your first Indian characters. If I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say that they are for sure Indian if they are portraying them to be Egyptian or 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 Arab Arabic, but I don't think they're Arabic. I think they're more Indian. Um, so you have your first Indian heroes, which and I think they they. They, them two dudes nailed it. I don't know their names on the movie. Uh, they just they're slipping my mind. Uh, but there there were the there were some of the best parts of the movie. The two Indian dudes. Uh, they absolutely nailed. They gave them the funniest shit and uh, uh, you know. And then they had also there was another Asian guy. We got killed off. Gilgamesh got killed. Uh, but they still have Wong, and they still have, you know, all the Shang-Chi, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, because I think the Eternals, they, they can probably bring him back, they can probably bring Gilgamesh back, I think, he might come back, uh, so maybe he didn't die, maybe Ajax is also not entirely gone, so you got a lot of different things, you got, you know, and then also Cersei, I think, is also of an Asian background, I mean, I don't want to say she's Asian and she's not, but I mean, she, I don't know the character's uh, personal, but I think, so I think they hit, they hit a lot, and also Selma Hayek uh, in, in Druid was also dabbling in Spanish, they hit a lot of different minorities, in this movie, I think that's what it was, I think that's probably why you're hearing about how it wasn't doing good, or maybe you're hearing that it wasn't the worst MCU movie so far. I think there's just a lot of bros out there, and a lot of the world out there not ready for it. But this movie probably, as it, as Marvel keeps going forward, this movie probably will be like, damn, they had every fucking thing in this movie, and probably gonna be in the long run. Uh, you know, probably be one of those movies that you look back on and be like, well, all of that was in the Turtles. Look at they had this character, that character, and that's when people are going to start latching on to certain characters. Like, well, you know, Sprite, you know, Sprite is a character. Sprite did this, Sprite did that, or, you know, Freestis or Frostis, or I forget his name. You know, and then the two Indian dudes um, that were involved in the movie. I think they when they start bumping into other characters, you know, and he said he, you know, the two Indian dudes, the one dude said he knew Thor when he was a baby, now he doesn't even return his call, you kind of make you wonder, they're going to bump back into Thor and, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's why I kind of think that they're, they're eventually going to start bumping into each other, and I hope he gets bumped into, now, as far as the end of the movie, the post credit scenes, uh, they end up beating Tiamat, who is the, actually the celestial in the earth? They free. I don't know if they turned him into ice or they just turned him into stone, but they stopped him. Obviously, yeah. I guess Icarus flies to the to the sun. Gilgamesh dies. Athena now is doesn't have no filter over her power, so she could just snap at any moment. Uh, she's powerful anyways by herself, but then she can just snap. And while they kind of bottled it up, I think they eventually in the in the movies going forward, she's gonna go full blown uh, 
crazy uh, powerful, just like the Hulk. I think while the Hulk might actually not Hulk out for a while, I think Athena probably going to take the role of Hulk going forward as somebody who can just fucking destroy and dismantle uh, the biggest of the villains out there, you know. And she probably going to feel that trope of like, well, she can, the more she uses it, you know, how to control it, and ultimately, you know, it becomes a problem destroying things because she's a soul out of control. But, yeah, so that happens. And then, Ashim, or I didn't say Ashim, or, or Arashim, uh, rolls up to Earth, traps. Who does he take? I think it's Sprite, the Indian dude. No, no, it might be the Indian dude, Cersei, and uh, the black dude. I think he takes them three, and he says that he's okay with them defeating Tiamat, but that the fate of the race depends on what their memories are, uh, and they're in trouble. So they're off Earth. I think Sprite in the Indian dude, or Sprite, might be the only Eternal left on Earth. Uh, and seeing that she might go to school, I don't know if it's where she ends up at school, but she could possibly end up at school with Spider-Man. This is kind of what I was thinking. Spider-Man's in school, too. Or she might end up at the Avengers school. I'm not exactly sure. She might be actually end up... The one earthly, the one eternal that's on Earth that might end up being in the other uh, Avengers movies going forward that are not in space. Uh, as far as who went into space, it's Druig. Druig's, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's actually Druig or, or Druig, Druig or Drug. I'm not exactly sure the homeboy's name, but he's he's like a telepath. Um, him. His lover, which is silent, I don't know her name, and Thena are in space, and they run into uh, Eros, who is uh, Thanos' brother, who happens to be also an Eternal. Uh, it'd be kind of interesting, and I, th- I think that's why they're going to remain in space. They didn't get tracked down by Arishim. Uh and I kind of think that uh, they call him Star Fox. <laughs> so you know, but his name is Eros. But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out in the future. That's Harry Styles. If you didn't know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. The Eternals right now are split, and and Icarus is all by himself too in the sun. I don't think he died. I think he just took his talents to the sun and just maybe he tried to... They might call on him in the future. He's powerful just like Captain Marvel. Uh, they alluded to him being like Superman, but he's not. Uh, he also knows about Vibranium, randomly. Uh, so there's a couple of things there. And then at the end, I watched uh, Cersei's boyfriend is Dane Whitman. 
Uh, he's talking to a sword. Now, I already read that that's the ebony sword. Uh, if you don't know sword lore, like, I, I had to brush up. There's the Excalibur. Ragnarok also was a sword. And I'm basing this most of off of a couple of video games. I play a lot of Final Fantasy, obviously. There's a shitload. There's Mithril swords. Uh, there's Elven swords. There's Daedra swords. Ebony is Skyrim, but if you're if you know anything about Ebony, those are dark dark swords. Um, and there's a couple of dark swords in particular that were went up against Excalibur, which was also mentioned in uh, in the Eternals with King Arthur. So um, it'd be interesting to find out if the Knights of the Round Table, uh, Dane Whitman coming forward. Uh, how that all shakes out, because if you if you and if you watch, uh, they talk about it a little bit. If you watch, um, Transformers, I'm not sure which one it is. Where they're, they talk about a great power that King Arthur had at, at the Ninth and Round Table and Excalibur, and the sword that he had. That that there there's a lot of mythology there. You have to really, you know, study it or read up on about it. But it's, and then again, uh, Tales of Arcadia also dab, dabbled with King Arthur and his sword, you know, and all and the things of the nature. So it'd be fun, kind of fascinating, because they're saying that's the Ebony Sword. I know they had the Excalibur. The Ebony Sword is the anti-Excalibur. Yeah, the Ebony Sword is imbued with a lot of dark magic, a lot of curses, a lot of uh, black magic. It's uh, honestly Ebony. If you don't know what Ebony is, you know Ebony is black. Uh, I Ebony Ivory, obviously. Uh, but it's also, you know, it's dark magic. It's curses. It's uh, just very. It's a very uh, demonic sword. So it could be kind of interesting to see. Uh, now I had to watch that on YouTube because I had to, like I said, I had to exit myself from the movie theaters. I had to go to the bathroom. But what I did find out is that that is, uh, Blade. The Blade coming forward. And I knew they were going to introduce Blade at some point coming forward because they had, already, they had already said that Blade is getting the movie way down the line. However... That does not mean that they can't introduce him beforehand like they did Black Panther. Black Panther's movie came out after Civil War. So did Spider-Man's movie came out after Civil War. Um, and I think they're going to do the same thing with Blade. I think Blade's going to come forward before his movie comes out just to get a little, just to get your, a little taste of, uh, of him beforehand. And the, this Ebony Sword probably going to be fought over uh, between Blade, Dane Whitman, who can actually hold it, and uh, multiple other people, and and probably you're probably gonna get armor to go with it, uh, ebony armor. If you if you played Skyrim, you know there's there's a whole class of ebony weaponry, armor, and I'm almost positive that you're gonna get the flip side of that and being the Excalibur and King Arthur's probably all his magic and Merlin. Which is another character I'm kind of wondering, curious. They're gonna, they're gonna bring forward a Merlin, 
you know, Merlin, another wizard. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if he's going to do or bring for bring forward a Merlin-esque figure in the MCU. I'd have to I'd have to look into it. Uh, but I'm kind of wondering if they're going to bring forward a Merlin-esque figure to also wizard around with Doctor Strange and Wanda. You already got one sorcerer two, uh, and a sorceress, uh, you know, a witch, a witch, a wizard, and one, you know, wouldn't mind having another one, you know. So that's what I kind of, that's what I kind of, there's a lot of stuff implied. This was just, a, a, just again, just a, an intro taste. And I like how Marvel, again, brought out a lot of different, they, this is to me why the movie was so long. They just covered a lot of things, but it also ties into a lot of things. And not that you need a much of an explanation as to what happened in the internals. Um, pretty self-explanatory. But there's a lot of things that you start thinking. That's why I think this movie, they're going to come back to it at some point and be like, yo, this was in all, all of this started kind of in the internals. Now, I know. Black Widow's movie came out, and I know Spider-Man's movie is coming out, and then we just watched uh, Shang-Chi as well. Uh, Shang-Chi, again, a lot of things happened there too, but the, the Eternals are probably is probably going to come back to more into the Eternals is where a lot of things are going to be... A lot of their characters are going to creep into the other stuff, and that's kind of where everybody's going to be like, well, all that happened in the Eternals. That's why I think overall and in the long run, the Eternals will be a bigger movie than Shang-Chi. I just don't think as a movie, heads up, I think Shang-Chi was better. Uh, again, the same, about the same amount of humor, but Shang-Chi had a lot more color, a lot, I think the boss fight at the end, the boss fight at the end had a lot more impact, I think, than the Deviants did at, you know, to me, there was more infighting between the Eternals than there was actual fighting of the Deviants at the end, especially. So that's kind of what I was, you know. But I, heads up between the two, Shang-Chi's got the edge, but Shang-Chi is just a Shang-Chi story. It doesn't, I don't think it has much bearing on the overall aspect of what Marvel is going for in the future. I think the Eternals overall is going to be one you're going to be like, well, that guy came from the Eternals. That he, he, that's how he. That guy with that sword from the Eternals. They're in space. They're meeting with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel. You're gonna see Tina. You're gonna see other people. Maybe you're gonna see the dude from Thanos' brother, Heroes, pop up in the Guardians of the Galaxy. You're gonna see. That's how you're gonna start seeing these things. All gonna go back to the Eternals. And I think going forward, as people start liking those characters more, and they start appearing and running in different places. Uh, then you're going to be like, well, the Eternals overall probably going to be the bigger movie. And that's why I think Marvel went ahead and were like, we'll get all of these things out the way. You're going to know that uh, you're going to have your Indian characters and, you know, you're going to have your, your transgender characters, you're going to have your, your, your black characters, your gay characters, so on and so forth. You want to wonder what's going to happen with your first and, and all of that, And all of that goes back to this movie is probably a great it, while right now it doesn't, it's not as good as Shang Chi. It's probably going to be one of the more uh, pronounced uh, introduction movies to, to story going forward. 
So I like that said if you're into Marvel and what they're cooking and all that Marvel is bringing out things left, right, up, down, sideways. They're no holds barred. So I give them a round of applause for that because I, I kind of think that, yeah, like that's why just how I sat and took it, the movie as I took it, like, okay, like I see now what they're trying to do. Like, I, they, like, I think, like you can make the connection. This is why this movie has a heads up. If, if you didn't know about any of the other Marvel movies, you're just watching this one. Uh, it's a good starting point movie because it didn't really involve too much of the other Marvel stuff. But as the, as the Marvel keeps pumping out movies, you're going to start saying, oh, that person was from over there, and this is their story, and that's why they're doing this. This is a great stepping off point, so to speak, like, you know, straight up, uh, you know, Black Panther-esque. It's a stepping off point, you know. Uh, but, yeah, and I think the, the movie overall was good. I, I liked it, you know. If you're a Marvel fan like I am, you like this movie. Uh, wasn't as good as Shang-Chi, no. But this movie was still pretty good. And I, and I think they Marvel just, again, hit it out the park on all the little Easter eggs, all the little things that, you, you know, uh, that just go on in the Marvel movies, you know, the little details. And how they're going to start bringing them. That was my, again, that was my only kind of just little thing was they didn't involve much of anybody else in the MCU. I thought they could have just done a little sprinkle, a little cameo, you know, just a little bump into somebody, like, hey, who are you? Like, who are you? You know, just a little, just a little, Marvel. I mean, you know, just a little, but, I mean, they did name drop a lot of things, the blip, um, and actually, everybody's seen Erish and pop up on her, they've seen him pop up when they took Cersei, so I mean, the people probably know, like, what the fuck was that? Panic. Uh, the statue that formed up under the sea, they didn't say where it was, but... Oh, yeah. A lot going on there in Eternals, and, and I'm actually, this is already going to be, like, closer to 40 minutes, so I don't know. Let's see if we finish off JoJo's, and I'll come and talk about that. I think I'm watching um, uh, season four with... Uh, It's not, JoJo's not actually in it so much, as more as it is, it's uh, Giorno Giovanni, or whatever his name is, and Bushara, and uh, Narancha, and there's a couple of other, they're like Italians in this one, I, I don't, you know, and so far it's actually really pretty good, actually, so maybe we'll finish that up, watching it, uh, I think it's a Golden Wind or Golden is Wind or something like that. Uh, but it's probably, so far it's been pretty good. I've already, already in like I'm already in like ten or eleven or twelve episodes, and then the Narcos as well. And then we got some albums that dropped, and then eventually before you know we got Thanksgiving rolling up in a couple weeks, and also uh, you know some concerts coming up pretty soon. So. I'm going to end this episode here, and then, like I said, I'll get back. We'll, we'll talk something else. You know, we'll get talking uh, something here as I finish watching uh, something, either Narcos or 
or JoJo. So hang tight. I'll be right back. Yo, what up, everybody? So I'm back. Uh, and I didn't finish watching JoJo's or I didn't finish watching Narcos. I've been kind of busy. Uh, but I did watch Jingle All the Way and 13 Ghosts. So let me talk about that. And you know what? Let me talk a little bit about The Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2. Some little bit of movie talk. Uh, Jingle All the Way. If you don't remember, it's the most re- one of the most ridiculous Arnold, Schwarzen- Arnold Schwarzenegger movies out there. Be careful how you say his name. <laughs> uh, but moving on from The Eternals. But yeah, I mean, Jingle All the Way. I like Jingle All the Way. And I completely forgot. And I'm almost positive... That the kid from Jingle All the Way. Let me take a look here. Jingle All the Way uh, is the same kid. Jingle All the Way cast. The little kid. Where's the little kid? Jake Lloyd. I think little homeboy was in. uh, Yes. He's in Star Wars Episode 1. I didn't realize that till. Uh, I was watching the movie and I was like, who the fuck is that little kid? Didn't jingle all the way. I thought it was the little kid in, uh, with Adam Sandler and I think his daddy daycare or whatever. You know, I don't want to fucking butcher it. That's about to be Adam Sandler's. What is... Uh, his movies, not grown ups, not just go with it. Not Happy Gilmore. Damn it! That movie is one of his most classic. It's not in the top of his movies, actually. Let me see. Let me see. It's not coming up. It's not coming up. Adam Sandler, come on, come on, come on. Why is it not coming up? I, but I thought he was from that movie. I can't... Wow. He's in a gang of movies and none of them are... Big Daddy. There we go. There we go. Not Daddy Daycare. But who's in... Let me see. Let me find out if that kid... Who's in the kid from Daddy, uh, Big Daddy? It might actually be him. I'm not sure. This little little Jake Lloyd... It says Cole Spruce. That might be the kid's name. But I thought that's who that kid was. But I was like, oh no shit. The kid from Jingle All the Way is, uh, he's in Star Wars. He's, he's baby, uh, it's, uh, little baby Annie. Anakin. Pod racing Annie. And I was just tripping out about that. I don't know. I was watching Jingle All the Way. I was like, oh fuck. I thought it was a kid from Big Daddy, but it's not. He's a kid from Star Wars. Uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, which is probably my favorite of the old or the middle movies. We call it The Phantom Menace. They have not made a villain like Darth Maul in, since. And I'm like, you know what? Like, Darth Maul to me was a class. I wish, and I want them to bring the Darth Maul race back. Like, they never touched back on his race. You know, and that's. Darth Maul is one of the most iconic villains of all time. He had the sinister devil look, the fucking badass makeup. Uh, he killed fucking Qui Gon. 
damn near got Obi. Uh, but Obi had the higher ground. Um, you know, and it's just like, damn. But yeah, I watched Jingle all the way. I can't believe how ridiculous that movie was. Uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know why Arnold and the company thought that him duking it out with the midget Santa was... But that shit is comedy gold, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it randomly jingle all the way is on... It's on Disney Plus, so I decided to sit down and watch it. And I was like, yo, like, the fuck is going on with that? I did, and I didn't know that there's Captain America, the Hulk, the, you know, poor little Jamie's room is decked out in, like, superhero shit. And then Turbo Man, it's Turbo Time. Uh, and Sinbad. I don't know where Sinbad's been at lately, but Sinbad is like... That might be one of his best movies, too. Uh, it's not Arnold's best movie. Not by a long shot. I think... When you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think Terminator. I think that's his... Role. But maybe not. I mean, maybe you see something else if you're an Arnold fan. I mean, maybe you've seen... What, are you, what else he's seen out there? I mean, he's done a lot of movies. The Expendables. Uh, but that's more recent. It wasn't as iconic. Not like Terminator. Terminator had a... Is had a death grip on time travel and uh, robots and AI for a cool minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other movie really stands out as Arnold's greatest movies of all time, but it's got to be Terminator's got to be up there. And, uh, but Jingle All the Way is up there to Eraser. Oh, Arnold's got so many good movies. He's got so many classics. Uh, oh, maybe Predator. Uh, Predator 1. I mean, maybe that one is... You know, he when his heyday, he had a gang of movies. Um... Him, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis. I mean, that's why The Expendables even existed. That's why The Expendables, I think part one and two were just, to me, like, amazing. Because they had every fucking buddy in there. That, like, all the old heads that came back for one more action flick. Action flick. Uh, but Jingle All The Way I watched, that's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I just didn't, I was just tripping out because I was like, that's the kid from fucking, I thought it was from Big Daddy, but it turns out he's a kid from... Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, which blew my mind totally. Now, I don't know what happened to that kid since, but uh, it'll be interesting to find out what happened to him. Uh, but moving on from that, uh, I watched... What did I say I was watched? 13 Ghosts. I, I watched that recently on Netflix, and I, and I gotta say, that movie's completely ridiculous, too. Now... I don't know why. Maybe because I was such a horny, uh, perverted porn uh, dog, hound dog, fucking. Uh, probably I was watching. I was like thirteen or fourteen years old, and I shouldn't be. And I was just, and maybe I'm still a sucker for some, a pair of big ass titties. But the princess spirit uh, is still looking fine to this day. Uh, her and her fucking slit up tits and cuts all over her wrist. Still looking. Uh, fine as fuck 
has not has aged gracefully in in the and they still haven't given me a fucking uh uh a completely nude uh horror movie or with full frontal nude. they haven't they stared away from that and I'm like you're already rated R motherfucker I want to see some tits and a big bouncy voluptuous juicy fucking titties and a fucking fat ass too we don't need to see you know a brutal uh, rape murder. No, we don't need to see that. But we could. I don't. And I think Thirteen Ghosts hit it, hit it right on the head. All the ghosts were sort of cool in the movie. That might have been the only cool thing about the movie. But the ghosts were pretty cool. The Juggernaut. Uh, I like the various representations of ghosts. The, the movie has withstood withstood the test of time as being one of a, a kind of like a good movie. But the movie is completely ridiculous. This whole story of it is completely ridiculous. Um, and even the shit that happens in the movie is completely ridiculous. The homie invents Cyrus, or Sirius, or I don't know his name. He invents a fucking pair of goggles that can see the spirit world. You would think that alone would be some fucking major technique. He didn't need to fucking summon the portal to hell. Uh, faked his death. And convinced his nephew with uh, a perfectly aged daughter, <laughs> and his son was like fucking six, and the and the black uh, caretaker to come stay at the house, the haunted house, live there and get sacrificed through blood and souls to the fucking to him. Outrageous. Uh, then then the fucking guy trapped his wife in there with all these other spiritual ghosts. Post them up to fucking some Latin chant music. And homegirl fucking is like, oh, these motherfuckers responding to the chants? Let me drop a beat. Fucking, 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 fucking. I was like, dog, what the fuck? The movie's completely over the top, outrageous. Uh, wild. Wild. I, I, loved, I loved it back in the day. It's still lovable and enjoyable now. It just is a completely wild, like, scenario for a fucking for a movie which to me it's like still blows my mind like uh you know I'm like sitting there thinking like damn like they really really fucking let all that shit fly in the meetings <laughs> when they were when they were storyboarding they were like yo we're gonna have this this blonde with the fat ass and the big the, the fucking nicest uh Double D's we've seen on camera in a minute. Fully nude, what cuts all over? She's gonna be pale, and we're gonna have fucking some little kid with the arrow sticking through his head, and the girl that our 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 one black character in the whole movie is gonna drop a sick ass beat, mid demonic chat. And I don't know who they were like, yo, let's do this, and they, and the director went with it, and it fucking they hit. It hit for me back in the day as being a good movie. Uh, again, probably because I probably stuck out because it was like I was young and I saw, saw a fat ass pair of titties. But overall, the movie was pretty good. I mean, I it, am, amongst the fucking wild absurdities of the movies the, of the movies, there is a kind of a somewhat of a story. Uh, the home homeboy got slid in half. The, the lawyer. Um, uh, the guy was trying to trap. 
the souls and he was bringing forth the what is it called the dark horoscope or the dark signs or uh, <laughs> uh what was it called I know there's a specific name for it not horoscope it wasn't a horoscope but it was the black um ah oh, fuck can't think of the name of what was it called uh it's not horoscopes but it was astrological what do you, what do you call those I, I don't know what it's called but there's the 12 astro- astrological symbols the name for that what did you call it it's not hor- and it's not horoscopes cuz that's what signs tell you but it's um Or I don't know if it was the black or the dark. The very, 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 actually very well written. Thank, thankfully, they could have had some cheesy ass shit written along there. Uh, the word is on the top of my head. It's not astrology. What is it called? Fucking. I don't even know. Twelve. Let's see. Twelve. Astro. Astrological signs. What is it? What is it called? Maybe it is a horoscope. Oh, the Black Zodiac. That's what they were calling it. It's the Zodiac. I couldn't think of that off the top of my head. There, or I don't know if it's the Black or the Dark Zodiac. The regular Zodiac is the twelve. It's the constellations, and then they go like, yeah, the Black Zodiac, the Dark Zodiac. This is what it is. And they was going to use the souls of the Black Zodiac to summon forth a portal to hell. And that guy was going to be the fucking orchestrator of it. And ultimately he fell. But I would have loved to see him actually achieve it. And then then been in part two and then trying to unachieve it. Unfortunately, you know, people were like, nah, we'll just finish this in one. And probably rightfully so because, you know, sometimes part two is stupid. Uh, but anyways, I mean, if you haven't seen 13 Ghosts, go watch it. If you, if you like uh, random, I, I mean, honestly, and I'm going to segue this to Conjuring. If you're into random ass horror movies and you actually think the Conjuring is good, uh, you might actually like 13 Ghosts and actually might like it a little bit more. I think so, because uh, it makes a little bit more sense to me. Moving on to the Conjuring, not to dog, not to dog the Conjuring like that, because I've seen worse horror movies than the Conjuring. But nevertheless, and I've had this conversation now a couple of times because I've been watching a little bit of scary movies. The Conjuring one and two was not scary. As a matter of fact, it was rather a cookie cutter formula. Family moves into the house, they experience some shit. A fucking priest or a fucking uh, the lady who can fucking the telepath or whatever see some shit knows it's there and they're gonna try to get them help and and trying to figure out the backstory. Oh, so and so died there. It's a witch. It's a fucking demon. It's some child. How did you know? One of the kids gets possessed. The mom's possessed. Blah blah blah. And then at the end of the day, they save the family. That fucking trope of a movie is literally every horror movie 
that has come to light. Um, they have not come up with any good ideas since fucking paranormal activity. They just have not. And be be honest with you, paranormal activity one was neither scary, but it was pretty damn well like we're gonna shoot this gorilla style like how you would see it like how you as a person would that's a great movie to inject yourself into because you're like not the movie overall was dumb but you would be like hey bro like if i put up a camera in my room and then just see what was going on when i was sleeping you want to kind of wonder what little fucking doors might creep open or fucking catch your dog doing this or see your kid fucking floating you know, you never know. This is kind of a way to interject, interject yourself into the story, and you kind of think about it, and, and you know, and you're, and it leaves you a little bit to wonder, like, oh, what the fuck, like, you know, Paranormal One because it, the director filmed it so well, he had people believing that there was actually something that might have happened in San Diego or LA or wherever they were at, and and he was so under budget, he said, fuck a budget. I know how to do this uh, the right way and, and bank it out. We're going to do this movie for like a million dollars. Put it out there. It fucking hit. I know it hit nationally because I know everybody was talking about paranormal activity for Kuman and the DVD sales. So they may have spent a million bones. They probably make upwards of 80, 50, 80, 100 million overall. That is a, that is a profit that has not been seen in a while. In movies, uh, movies lucky, lucky if they double the, the budget, especially Marvel. Marvel putting out 200, 250 million dollar budget movies, making it half a half a bill, even 600,000. I mean, that's good for them. Could you imagine if they put out a movie for 20 million and made 2 billion or more? They would be like, fuck, this is the way. And that's what paranormal did. And that's why there's still paranormals going on. And that, you know, they're making tons of money off of that still. But, the Conjuring does not do anything to that effect. Uh, take a whole new, brand new um, angle on it. I and I like I said, not to dog the Conjuring because I understand there's a lot of Conjuring fans, and I kind of feel like the Conjuring itself, uh, basins. I think, I, but every horror movie tries to base himself in reality. I need some fucking supernatural shit that may or may not have actually happened. Well, you can't find the evidence, but maybe you know it's real. I mean, the premise of The Conjuring, the whole shebang of it is just not original in, in any aspect of it. Um, perhaps the tie-in with Annabelle, because the Annabelle doll's there. A- again, Annabelle is just a new version of Chucky. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, just... I'm not gonna dog Annabelle. I haven't seen Annabelle, but I don't really care that the Annabelle doll is in the Conjuring. To me, it doesn't really matter. Kind of pointless in in that aspect. I mean, I mean, I guess if you're gonna watch the whole fucking lineage of movies, I mean, you gotta watch Annabelle one. I'm not sure where you start. Uh, where the threat is because I know I've heard ever since I found out that the Conjuring is part of the Annabelle stories which is part of La, La Llorona which is part of um, uh, what's the other one that's like that That's I think there's a there's another set of movies that you have to watch 
uh, that goes with it. I know, I know, I know. They just came out with the part three of it. Um, maybe the Conjuring three. But I, I know there's. I think I missed the Nun. I think there's the Nun. Uh, I think they all have to do with each other, and that's cool that they did that. If that was their game plan to go, I think that's kind of cool. But just the Conjuring one and the Conjuring two just were not scary. Uh, it just was not scary. Uh, and, and there's not even a lot of jump scares either. I think that's you know what a lot of people get gets a lot of people in theaters that jump scare. But there wasn't to me. It didn't really build up any scary tension. Uh, the one cool thing that I really thought was really cool. Uh, in the Conjuring was in the very first one the the main lady I can't think of her name she's in Congress Godzilla or actually not Kong uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters the lady the mom she's outside uh, folding laundry and like it gets windy and the fucking laundry uh, curtain like falls off the wire and it lands on the spirit that's standing like right behind her and like there's just for like a quarter second you see the outline of a person and it's just like the the sheep flies away and I was like yo that's kind of cool that whoever came up was like yo we'll do that add that into the movie that little wrinkle was really cool there was some cool things about it don't get me wrong I didn't I'm not gonna sit here and dog the conjuring one but I just didn't think it overall was scary and then it offered to me any story different than I what, what you have not seen I, like I'm waiting I like scary movies I've watched most scary movies all my life I just it, it, the repetition is annoying uh, if you're going to put Jaws into the scary movie category which probably is the number one uh, sharks are scary in general but they have not made a good Jaws-esque movie since Steven Spielberg was like, I'll put fear into the motherfucker's heart that nobody's going to go to the beach because the fucking killer sharks are out there. And, and honestly, sw- honestly, they could redo that shit with fucking whales, orcas, uh, giant squid. There's a lot of predators in the ocean. Mankind should not be in the ocean uh, because there's just some shit there that just makes no fucking sense. Uh, and it, the fucking the vastness of it is fucking mind boggling. Like I don't know if people have any inclination to how big the world is, but the ocean is fucking big. For it to be seventy percent of the Earth is fucking big. I'm not surprised. I would not be shocked or surprised if they drug out a fucking skeletal remains the size of a Godzilla-esque figure. Lurking down there, I would not be surprised, and I would I would not be surprised if the world could not explain it either. Like, fuck, this is a giant skeletal remain of a fucking creature that is so far long gone that we had no idea existed. Like, I would not be surprised. Uh, we finding shit on land every day that we thought was extinct and like Bigfoot and shit. Uh, you know, not 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 that we found Bigfoot, but we, you know, there's creatures like that, big Bigfoot size, giraffes, elephants, dinosaurs. You know, we're finding brachiosaurs that are like 60 feet long and shit like that. Yeah, I, 
I would be hard pressed to not. I mean, I know Megalodon was big. But I would think we would find skeletal remains of some fucking animals that were just out of this world, out of comprehension big. That you would think is Godzilla's size, like 500 feet in length. Uh, I, I can't believe we haven't found a bone structure like that yet. Although I do believe that they're at the bottom of the ocean and just to fucking uh, find the fucking... To dig it out would be next to impossible but I think we're gonna find something like that eventually down there which is why Jaws just resonates so scary to people um and I know Aliens 1's was kind of scary it was based on a horror um genre but in space you know there's, you can't really run in space there's nowhere to run uh but then again you know that the, the scary movie concept needs to fucking Needs to fucking get some new lifeblood into it. Uh, dolls are not gonna do it. Jump scares not gonna do it. Your bed, your bedroom camera is not gonna do it. So, I mean, The Conjuring was a, it was an okay story, but I'm not. I don't really care to watch La Llorona, The Nun, Annabelle, and whatever other movies attached with them. Just really not. But anyways, that's that's gonna do it for this episode. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do another episode. I'm gonna try to do it all in Spanish. So we'll see how that goes. So hang tight, guys. I'll get this posted up and uh, I'll get at you guys with another episode here shortly. Later's. <laughs>